0: Yes, it is. It is that time of the day. Good afternoon, Samuel Chisiketti. How are you today?
1: I am well, a little. How are you going?
0: (laughs) I'm going well on another (laughs) lovely day in Bendigo.
1: It is indeed.
0: (laughs) So we're we're uh, still continuing our program at the moment, where we've been looking at the Ten Commandments, and we've we've been spending a good amount of time on it Mm -hmm. because it's one of those things. Sometimes uh, I know Christians sort of think that that's all old hat. We're in the New Testament now, so none of that applies. That's right. But uh, we've been going through it and uh, reminding ourselves in fact, yeah. that God's mind doesn't change on things. That's right. And that these things still matter and they are still very important to living a Christian life. That's right. Yeah. So we are up to the commandment.
1: I was going to just say something before yeah. you get there. Mm. You see those things that you put behind you, like, oh, this doesn't concern me anymore. You can then find out that you actually, you, you're you violating these commandments every day and you're expecting that you would be guiltless because you just... Told yourself, no, this is not concerning me anymore. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, Yeah.
0: so you haven't really got a proper
1: check, and and that is is coupled by. I'm probably going to get into theological controversy straight away. It is coupled by a very very bizarre, uh, I would say, wrong theology that is developed over a certain period of time within evangelical, uh, you know, uh, scholasticism, uh, which goes that. Well, you know, once you're saved, you know, it doesn't matter what you do, right? Mm-hmm. And and I don't think the people who say that believe that, uh, because if you put in front of them some cases that are quite way outrageous, they're going to say, well, not that. But you say, well, tell me where the cutoff is. Anyway, so I just, I'm saying that the commandment of the Lord is perfect and they need to be looked at and kept perfectly. That's what David says in Psalm 119. Yes. All right. All right.
0: (laughs) Okay. So we are up to commandment number? Number three. Number three, which (laughs) says, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now, that's the translation that I've always grown up with. Yes. And uh, within... The context of the NIV at the moment that yeah. I have in front of me, yes. it actually doesn't use that terminology, yeah. take the name of the Lord your God in vain. It what just, does the
1: NIV say? It
0: says, do not misuse the name of the Lord.
1: Don't misuse
0: them yes. of the name Yes, anyone uh, guiltless who misuses God's name. So That's the, right. the question today then is, as we unravel this particular commandment, is does this commandment just mean do not use God's name as a profanity? Or does it mean more than that? Or does not it mean that at all? Does it mean something completely different?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very good question, uh, Alida. We've got, there's a number of layers Mm. that we have to basically uh, peel off, if you will, uh, to really understand the breadth of this commandment. This is the commandment that in, you know, in... in, uh, um, in Rabbinical Judaism, if you will, uh, the saying goes: "When God gave this commandment, the whole world trembled. I the can. whole world. Mm-hmm. This is the trembling, the trembling commandment. It is the scariest of all commandments, and it is a commandment that should be paid attention to uh, in in the most." profound way if you will. remember the first commandment was the commandment of emunah which is the commandment of faith which is a commandment of truth i am the lord your god uh who took you out of the house of slaves and the second commandment uh, you know there shall not be to you the god of orders you remember that mm-hmm. and it, that is the, a commandment of grace and uh, the commandment of grace which means god actually lets You know, things go, you know, from, you know, Hatta to Pesha to Avon, you know, in three, four generations without having basically punished. The generation waiting for people to repent. And then when he get to fourth generation, then he stops things. You remember
0: that? that? Yes, that was the light bulb was, moment last that's week. That's exactly yes. right.
1: Yep. It's the commandment of the grace of God, the long suffering of God. Mm. The, when he lets a sinner go and, and break the command and then, you know, cross the boundary and then remove the boundary altogether and, and get perverted. Yeah. And all the way to the fourth generation, and God is still, like, giving mercy and mercy and mercy. And then he goes, okay, that's now enough. So that's the commandment of grace. You see what I mean? Yes. Yeah, so this, you, you know, don't take the God of orders for your God. Uh, and with the, with the consequence that follows is a commandment of grace.
2: Mm.
1: Now, the third commandment is the fearful commandment. It's the trembling commandment. Yeah. The one that should scare every single person who hears it. This is why it is called that the it's 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 said to be the, the commandment that when it was given the entire world, the entire universe trembled. Mm. Why? Because this commandment has that little part, I'm gonna go back to the beginning there, but the last part which we will look at, the Lord will not hold anybody guiltless who breaks this commandment mm. like there is no escape when this commandment is broken the guilt is proclaimed and that is it there is no getting out of it because God takes this commandment very 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 seriously Just so I wanted to pause so that everyone can feel the weight of the commandment Mm. So when you read it in in uh, just read the first part, and then we'll do the second part, which is, you know, tisa Et Adonai leshav, which means you shall not now when you say you shall not tisa there, the word tisa, which has been translated uh as um you know to take you know, those shall not take uh, is quite an interesting one um, because when you look at the formulation, the formulation of the word tisar, uh, it is the way, the best way to translate it. There is a number of formulations to sort of translate it. It is to to take to. Let me actually actually pull all all the all the sort of meanings that uh, tisar means. So then you can sort of see what I'm I'm talking about. I'm you know, just going to go a bit into my, uh, you know, naughty. Now, so to to tisa there is to take to carry to use. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, some translations, some uh, J- Jewish uh, uh, you know, um, scholars would rather use do not carry. Do not carry is a lot closer, a lot closer to the word, Chisa, than take. Because they say don't take. It really doesn't make sense. That, that English translation doesn't really make a good sense to us. So to carry is the more the closest. And you'll see why once you understand the context context be, behind do not carry. So do not carry. And the NIV says do not misuse mm because it's the closest in terms of sort of uh, our you know uh contemporary english you know the word carry as it is used in 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 hebrew uh is better adapted by misuse okay misuse now let's take that because you, the, your question is where well, does this mean just not using god's name in profanity, or does it mean something more, or does it not mean anything like that at all? So, the way to look at it is, you see, we are today very removed from the culture and from the tradition from which these commandments were given. Mm. I was reflecting this morning, and I found out that, you know, the reason why God took so much time to build a people, a culture, and a language to then Give us his word and send the Messiah through it is because culture carries certain values that are unspoken. They're in there. Think about it if today, you know, you heard that, you know, a virgin girl had just gotten pregnant without any, you know, a, a assistant of her, she just was betrothed to be married, and she started to say the Holy Spirit did this. And who's going to, who's even going to pay attention? Mm. Even in the realm of is this even possible? No, it, it like nobody's going to even pay attention to it. The idea that there will be a Messiah would not make any sense to our culture today. No, see, yeah, we we the 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 concept of a savior, a Messiah, does not make no sense to us. We don't even understand the sense of being slaves. We are slaves right now, but we don't understand that we are slaves, mm, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm saying that these 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 words had uh, to have cultural contextual meanings. That's how God set it up that way. Now. You see, the Hebrews never even pronounced the name of God, let alone use it for profanity. Mm. You see, when you hear Hebrew prayers, you know, when it comes to being able to say the name of the tetragram, the name of God, as he revealed himself to Moses, they do not use it. Mm. They will say, Hashem, which means the name, the word Shem, like uh, Lord Tisai et Shem Adonai. Uh, the word Shem means name, right. okay? So when they call the name of God, they say Hashem, Hashem. Now, the word Adonai, which is then translated in Greek uh, kurios, Adonai just means the Lord, mm-hmm. alright? So, they they don't even pronounce the name of God, Let let alone use it as a profanity
2: yeah
1: so we have gone really far. just the fact that if you were let's say i, I heard about this uh, jewish scholar who had you know he was he was not a jewish scholar he was sort of a a western scholar but he was really acquainted with jewish um language so he was so good they invited him to go and speak in new york uh into a jewish synagogue and and when he started there, he was reading the scripture and then he pronounced the name of God. He said Yahweh. And the entire audience in the synagogue gasped. <gasps> it's like do not say it. like. And that was the last time he'd ever been invited to speak there. Mm-hmm. The Jews do not pronounce the name of God. Why? Because the name of God is sacred. Mm. The name of God must be Properly guarded. God is unique. Is holy, and so the the fact that they don't pronounce His name is because His name is too great and too holy to even be uttered. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So every time I've I've read I've I've heard you know Western s- scholars just go well you know this commandment means don't say O M G or you know that, that kind of stuff. I mean. I know it's bad to go all the way to that because we far removed uh, to, and when they were saying do not pronounce the name of God, they just didn't mean mean one name, they mean all the names of God so you, for example, El Elohim you know, yod He, vav Um, you know, Adonai um, you know, Shaddai Tavout, all those names, there's about 32 of these names yeah right, and so we cannot take that commandment and Make it so light, it's if you will say with seriousness that if could you do you think the people who say that in the pulpit really believe that the person who's who who, who used God's name as a cast word do they think that that person is literally going to be held guiltless? Um, I think in the mind of those who, who in the Western tradition talk about this commandment, they have it light in their mind, yeah. I don't think they say it really like, this is really serious. No. So it's a commandment that has basically lost its meaning. We don't really get what it means. But we still have to teach something about it. So we don't use God's name as a curse word. But a whole bunch of people, including unbelievers and Christians, still use it. Yes. Yeah. So in a way, I think that way of using that text is just a misunderstanding. I'm not saying that people should go use God's word as a curse word. No. But because the layer to which this commandment is and means is far, far more than just this lightweight interpretation we've given you today.
0: Mm. All right. Well, we're going to uncover that layer Uh, after a little bit of a break. We're going to have a listen to Unspoken and Just Give Me Jesus.
3: Far, Turning over every stone I close my eyes Still I find no rest No rest for a restless heart All I've been chasing Putting my faith in Let it fade, let it break into pieces Just give me Jesus Jesus There's nothing I desire That can't be found in you You're everything that I've ever
2: needed
3: Just give me Jesus Take all my pride My dreams, my plans This house I built On troubled sand if I gained the world, it would never be, it could never be enough. Just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. There's
0: You're listening to 105.1 Life FM, Bendigo's Positive Choice, and we are here, Q&A with Samuel Chizaketti and Alita Robinson, and we are tackling the commandment that tells us that we are not allowed to misuse the name of the Lord. And um, interestingly, before uh, that great song, you, you talked about... How we now in the West, yes. the, the Church, we have sort sort of we have a very superficial yeah, yeah. idea of what that means, mm-hmm. um, and we haven't really grasped the gravity of this particular um, commandment, yes. the depth of its meaning, yeah. and what what we really need to do to obey it properly. Right. That's right.
1: So th- there are two particular. Uh, terms that come together, which is what the NIV does there. Uh, there are two terms here, the, uh, the, the two uh, fundamental words in that verse, which is Lashav uh, and Tisa. So Lashav and Tisa are the big uh, thing within that first section of the commandment. Now, when you look at what I was saying that the word Lashav, uh, uh, lashav gives you a number of meaning there to lift up, to bear, to carry, to use, to appropriate. Mm. So that's um, so that's what you um, so that's what you get. You get you get these are the meanings that lashav gets. Yeah. Now, then you look at the word. Uh, no, that's the word. The word tisav. Uh, then the word lashav. Gives you these meanings, um, so that which lacks reality, purpose, so that which is purposeless,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that, that that which like value, that which like truth, and also be translated like lying, false, worthless, profane, foolish, reproachful, or useless. And so, which or blasphemy?
0: Which of the words was that one?
1: So that's the word lashav.
0: Which is translated in the Bible in vain. In vain. Okay. Vain.
1: Yeah. So do so not take. So the other one take was take.
0: One was take, yes, and one is yes, vain, In yeah, vain. Yeah.
1: So it's like don't use the name of God. Remember Tisa use. Yeah. And lashav therefore gives you the sense don't use the name of God in untruthful way, mm-hmm. purposeless way, in a lying way, in a a worthless way or in a reproachful way. Yeah. Okay? Those are the layers you have to peel. Okay. So don't use the name of God in a reproachful way, in a useless way, in a lying way, in a worthless way, in a purposeless way. This is why the NIV says don't misuse. Mm. And I think for our m- modern uh, translation today, NIV gets it the closest. Okay. Okay what it therefore you get there is when you say misuse the word misuse does have the undertone of a you, know, you, you proper use must be known yeah. before you can say misuse. Like for example, you've got a you know an iPhone or I don't know an Android phone, whatever phone you have. There is a proper use of that phone. Yeah. I like to give this example. There was a, a I had a story of a young lady in India who bought an iPad. Uh, it was an iPad Pro to his dad to a dad. So she took the iPad to a dad. She gave it, and then one day she went to visit and says, Dad, how how are you enjoying your iPad? And Oh, he said, oh, it's been fantastic. And as she turned around. She saw him at the, you know, kitchen bench uh, with onions and a knife and with the iPad open uh, right on the screen. And he was chopping the onions like chuk, 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 on the screen of the <laughs> you can imagine she's looking at her father. She's gasping. She's like, <gasps> and before she'd said anything, he picks up the iPad and goes to the top and he opens and he washes it and it on the put it on the dish rack. Goodness me. <laughs> now, you can even see the yeah. look on your face, yeah, right? Yeah. Now, you would have had that look on your face only if you knew what the iPad was and what its proper use was. Mm. Now that you watch somebody who's misusing it, you know they are misusing it. Yeah. So nobody can <laughs> say. <laughs>
2: do
1: right. So nobody can. Properly understood, do not misuse the name of the Lord until they understand the proper use of the name of the Lord. Right. Yeah, logical. And that is how, because when God is giving them this, this particular command, they knew the proper use of the name of God. Now, what was the proper use of the name of God, number one? You see, the Hebrews would always say the Shema. Shema O Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Elohecha, Adonai Ehad, which means "oh, here, oh, Israel, Adonai, our God, Adonai, your God, Adonai is one, right?" And so Adonai is one, give you the sense that okay, there's one God, just one God. We know that, but also the word "Ehad" means unity. God is the unity. It's a that holds everything together. Mm-hmm. He holds the universe together. He holds your lives together. In him, we move, live, and ever being, right? So he holds everything. He's the principle that holds everything together. The laws of nature are held by Adonai. The laws of, you know, even the very functioning of your cells and your bones and everything is held by a heart. Without him, nothing can survive. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Now, to the Hebrews, Adonai was what held the nation together. The entire nation of Israel was held by Adonai. And so his name was the tower. It was the finality that held everybody accountable, from morality to the civil laws. Everything was predicated on the name of Adonai. Without Adonai, there will be no nation of Israel. Without Adonai, there will be no walking as a, you know, say, I am the Lord your God who took you out of the house of slaves. It is me who hold the nation together. This is why for every entire interaction, every single interaction in the nation of Israel, from laws to interaction on the marketplace, from interaction in a community, from interaction in marriage, everything was predicated on the... the the, the found this uh, foundation of the security that Adonai's name provided. Right. Yeah. So everything that they did, they did it to the glory of Adonai. Mm. They had to honor Adonai. Whatever action they took needed to honor Adonai. It was the holding principle of every commercial transaction, Mm. every relational transaction, every power transaction. Every authority transaction was not predicated on me, what I want, what I know. No, what does Adonai set as the way for us to live? Mm. You see? Yeah. Now, so in that sense, I want to take that concept and then bring it today in our modern world so you can get what I'm saying. In Australia, every transaction, every interaction, at least to a certain degree, is upheld by the laws of Australia. Yes. Yes. I see what I mean. Mm-hmm. So if you went and did something in the name of the law of Australia, but you did something that was against or that was that would bring disrepute to Australia, what would that make you?
0: Yes, you would have done the wrong thing. Right. You're a criminal. <laughs>
1: That's exactly right. You've so broken the law. say, for example, for say, for example, I, I'll show you how this way. Whenever you see a police officer, mm-hmm. what does he represent? The law of service. He represents the law. Yeah. Now, if a a police officer went and did something in the name of the law, that was not... Lawful. Lawful. Mm. What do you reckon? Well, then he's not upholding the law. Do you think the punishment should be the same as the person who just is a regular citizen who breaks the law, who is not the representative of the law?
0: No, I think most people would think that because they uphold that power, that they should be upholding the law. So therefore, maybe um, they should be punished even more.
1: Especially because if they did it in the name of the law while breaking the law. Yes. It's like if a judge, you know, did something illegal or that doesn't, Sort of go in line with the law While representing the law While they're wearing those robes And then break the law Their punishment must be severe Yes You get what I'm saying? Mm. So the way to understand is that Every Jew knew that In every transaction when it finishes It will have Adonai. Once Adonai is invoked The transaction is secure Because you assume underneath No one would invoke the name of Adonai Unless they're truthful, Mm -hmm. unless they are morally good, they're doing the right thing. Because if you call unto the name of Adonai, who is the the rightful judge, and while you are lying in your heart, you are bringing disrepute, a reproach. Don't use the name of the Lord reproachfully. Mm. Now, You see, as I'm saying it, I think in the most of our minds, it doesn't strike as really serious. You know why? Because names, they mean something now, but they no longer mean what really they should mean. Or the names don't really carry the weight anymore. In the Jewish tradition, the name of somebody was more important than how much money they have. Okay. This is why Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1 says, A good name is better than riches. Mm. All right. In other words, we still have that that sort of sense here. You know, we've got defamation laws, you know, so you don't want to defame someone, right? You don't want to, you know, dirty somebody's good name, right? That's right. It used to be like that. No, no, you know, don't bring disrepute to somebody's good name, and if you do, it may cost them as much, so they can actually take you to court to clear their name. Their name. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it is because. Name, when, when the Jews said the name, they didn't mean a combination of letters that pro- provides the sound by which I know a leader, right? Mm. Because to every name, there was characteristics attached to it. So, for example, you will notice that in, in Jewish culture, they say, Simon, son of Jonah, or, you know, Simon of Cyrene, or, you know, uh, you know they, they always attached a, a, an adjective to the name, Often when they say Simon, son of Jonah, is because whatever you want to know about this son, you know by the character of his father and then the character of the father of the father. So the good name of a family comes down the line. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yes. So if somebody has brought bad reputation to a name of a family, they'll be cast out of that family. This is what justified what we call Uh, Jewish uh, adoption. Most people who read adoption today don't really get what the Jews meant. Even when Apostle Paul says, we've been adopted and we're born of God, how can we be adopted? Mm. Because adoption didn't mean you were born out of a different family and then you're going to be sort of pulled in uh, and, you know, somebody's going to come and get you so you become part of the family. That's what it meant. Adoption to the Jews meant every father had to adopt his son how? When the son grows up and follow the ways of his father and carries the characteristic of his father and can represent his father faithfully, then when the father is satisfied, if I presented him to everybody and said, This is my son, he will never do anything that will bring disrepute to my name. Okay. Yeah. It is in that sense when Jesus, you will see this happening in the life of Jesus, when he comes out of the water of baptism, guess what happens? A voice comes from heaven and says, behold, this is my son in whom I am.
0: Well pleased. Well
1: pleased. The Jews did that ceremony publicly to adopt and often it's at age 30. it mm-hmm. has been and it's now able to be able to have his business. And where, wherever he goes, the reputation, once he presents himself, whose son are you? I'm the son of such and such. Oh, yes. You can be trusted. They don't have to wait to spend two years to try to work you out. So long they know which name do you carry. Whose son are you? Mm. That also is the question. Whose son are you? And once they know whose son are you, that's how the reputation was carried from generation to generation. How we know that family, the good names. But here in this day and age, somebody can just cut off themselves from their family. I don't care about all you folks. And I'm gone. So you ask them, what, what's who's your father? Who's your grandfather? Who's your great-great-grandfather? Nobody knows. Mm. So, we, we're living far away from the weight that is within a name. It is an extraordinary thing. A name was all it took for somebody to start a business. They may not have a capital. Yeah. All they have is a name. Or, and look, the good reputation that went with that name. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. by the name, I mean the good reputation yeah, that went with exactly. the name. Exactly. Yeah. It shows up and so says, Look, I'm the son of such and such. Can I borrow some money? Oh, yeah, yeah. Son of. Good family. We know uh, these people always hold a word, and they do that because everything is upheld by the name of Adonai. Mm. Oh, it's it's
0: certainly a lot deeper than we've we've been uh, led to believe, and uh, and the discussion is is taking us to that level. Uh, We'll just have uh, another song. This one's by a local, Steve Grace. Solid Rock. listening to 105.1 Life FM Bendigo's Positive Choice and we are learning about the value of a name
1: Yes, that's mm. exactly right and so, leader when I when I'm, uh, the way to sort of show it in our uh, in our society today is like as you are you know, there could be all sorts of, you know, people that may have a, a name that has got the same, basically, combination of letters as you. I'm sure you have, I, met, I met a lady sometime back whose name was a leader as well, you know, uh, that's probably the only two leaders I've met, <laughs> yourself and that one. Now, often, like, there are people that you've met whose name is Samuel. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, I've met Samuel. And people are like, okay, uh, Samuel, Samuel. They're looking into the database and they're like, I know Samuel. And they're trying to find out which Samuel are you mentioning. And so you can say Samuel Chisakedi. Mm. Now, once you say Samuel Chisakedi, uh, people can go, oh, yeah, we know him. But when they say we know him, they don't mean we know the combination of the letters of his name.
0: No, no
1: That's not what I mean No They mean we know him by face We know him by character Let's say if I had ever done something wrong I'd still stolen somebody's stuff And once you bring the day Oh, we know Samuel Like, oh yeah, that thief (laughs) Yes That's the first thing that comes to mind Oh, that thief Oh, yeah. yeah Of course I know him but mm-hmm. if somebody who has done something good for someone, they say, "Oh yeah, I know Samuel. He's a lovely guy, you know." And and I, you know, my, my desire is that I would like people to, remember, you know, when they, oh, uh, you know, Samuel. Oh yeah, I know him. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He's a good guy. Da 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 da. You know, some some people might say, "Oh, you know, so, that contentious guy." You know, I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I,
0: we won't well, go down there. <laughs>
1: that's what I mean. So because to every name there are attached the characteristics of the person who bears it. Yeah. Mm. It is why you can trust. When you trust somebody, it is the name, the reputation you trust. And so whenever you, you your people hear, you know, the name, uh, they want to know, hey, uh, you know, is that person trustworthy? Is that person? And so on and so forth. Mm. So when the name of God was pronounced, you see, he is not Molech, he is not, you know, uh, Astarte, he's not Baal, he's not all these demons, right? No, that's right. He said, who can be compared to me? Because mm. God is holy. Is morally perfect. He, he exists by the necessity of his own nature. Mm. He is, his, his name is so great. His name carries the perfume the way creation knows him. I'm saying every little cell of your body has got his name right written in it. I'm saying that the, the Bible says even the, the birds know their maker. It's only the human beings who don't actually know who is their master, right? Yes. So yep. creations tremble when the Lord steps up, the mountains skip like rain. That's what the Bible says. So there's this joy that is infused in creation because he's our maker. He made us. The entire scientific fabric of the universe is held by him. The entire moral fabric of the universe is made by him. And so whenever you step up and speak his name, you better speak his name representing the characteristics of who he is. Yes. Yeah. And so if you read Jesus this is an, an, an interesting way, I'm I saying that, 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 that just there's there's a lot of power in the name. When Jesus sent his apostles, he says, You're going in whose name? In my name. Mm. In my name, you cast out demons, in my name, you what, what do you mean? Just by the pronouncement of you know Ye, Joshua, Jesus? Yeah. Jesus? Yesu in, in my mother tongue? No, not by the combination that people go, oh, in the name of Jesus, that's fine. But because the name carries the weight, it carries the authority, the name carries the power. Now remember power and authority are attributions that are deserved, they're justified.
2: Yes. Mm.
1: You see? So when he says in my name you go, it's like I'm not giving you I'm not giving you purse, I don't give you money. My name is God all of it. Yeah, because wherever you step up and you speak my name, there will be reverence. There will be it, it. Think about. I always say when I'm at church. Why do people come and sit in those pews? And I'm this black dude from Africa, and I stand in front of all of you. And I said, What gives me any qualification? You think it's because you know some people think if you have a PhD then you've earned the right. Nope, mm-hmm. not in the church. I don't care your PhD. I'm sitting there, you are standing up there because of the name of Jesus. Yes. He did for me and for you that which you couldn't do for me. I don't care. Your PhD can't do it for me. Yeah. I don't care whether you're from the royal family, you black, whether blue or whatever color. Can't do it for me. Can't do what Jesus did. No. This is why people sit in your church because of the name. Mm. See, when Jesus came down here, this is what was his attitude. He came because, it is, uh, you know, there's one of the scriptures that I love the most. It's called the Priestly Prayer. In the Priestly Prayer, Jesus came. He said, I have brought your name to them. You know, if you read, let's, let's let me read read, read this text. Just uh, you know, Where are you? John chapter 17. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read a few verses. Just bear with me. Father... The time has come, glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all that he might give eternal life to all those you gave him. Now this is eternal life that they may come to know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I have with you before the world began." I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know everything you have given. This is NIV. I think if you grab it in a, in a different verse, I have revealed your name to them. To them, yes. So it's not just I've revealed you to them. I've revealed your name to them. Mm. So I've given them your name. When Jesus said, in my name you go. It was like in my name and in the name of the one who sent me. Mm. You yeah, see, yeah. Ah, so in the name of the one who sent me, and now in my name, I'm sending you. Yeah. You see, the Bible says God has given Jesus a name that is high above all names. So in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Well, yeah. So when that name is said, it's not the name Jesus. There used to be a lot of Jesuses in Jesus' day. Yes. Jesus Basabab, for example, was one of those Jesuses. Mm. It's Yeshua. Yeshua. It's like Joshua. Mm. Jesus is Joshua, Yeah. right? So it's not as though the combination of the letters was quite special. No, it's that the man who came here was the divine second person of the Trinity incarnate and whose life was so perfect, he accumulated upon him the reputation of a name that even demons recognize. Oh, every time he walked up, demons were like, oh, Jesus, we know you, son of the most high God. If you come to trouble, us, they said. Yes. That is the weight and the power of the name. Mm. So in that sense, once you have a, you've built such a good reputation, now you take that reputation, and you put it on someone. For example, let's say I give you an example, a leader, you have a good friend who really knows you, you like a great person to them. They honor and respect you. So you give them a call, and say, hey, I've got a friend of mine, his name is Samuel, he's coming over. you know can you have them at, the, at your house for the next couple of days? They're passing through, can you have them? And they go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I can have them. Why did they say I can have them? Because of your name, Mm. your reputation. Yes. So when I get there, and then if I happen to, not what I'll do, I'm just giving as an example. If I get there and I steal something of theirs, Mm. and I take it with me, think about it. Who are they going to call?
0: Me. And what (laughs) are they going to say? That bloke that you recommended has stolen something from me. So you...
1: You recommend it. Yes. Guess how your reputation in the eye of your friend, in the eyes of your friend, would have gone? Yeah, down. So you send me people like him? Yeah. So from now on... Don't bother. (laughs) I am not trusting you again. Have you seen just what has happened? I have taken your name and I have misused it. Yes. Mm. I have put your name to shame. Mm. I have brought disrepute to your name. I have brought... Reproach to your name mm. I have misused your name Yeah How did you expect I use your name? You expected that I carry the reputation, the goodness I carry what you already had built with that friend Yes So when I'm there, when I leave there Oh yeah, you send me that guy He's really worthy of your recommendation mm. You getting what I'm saying? Yeah, I do Yeah So this is what held the entire nation of Israel together mm. Because every time, whether it was a contract of marriage, Ketub, whether it was a contract in business, once the name, it's always, it was done in the name of Adonai because no one wants to steal while the name of Adonai is invoked. Mm. You, do you want me to go and... Uh, I'm making a contract. There's a, there's a, so, you know, you give me... It's like a refer, you know, you, you're giving a reference, yeah? And I go, oh, you hey, receive my friend. Do business with him. He's a very honest guy. So you send me over there. And I sign the contract. And I steal from the person I'm going to do business with. The person going to call you and say, Well, you sent me that person. Says he's a man of integrity. But he's not. So you will be associated with him in lack of integrity from now on. Mm. So when people who bear the name of God, the nation of Israel bore the name of God. They carry the name of God to all the nations. They carry the name of God between each other. So anyone who would sign a piece of contract that has Adonai on it and will steal or will lie, will bear false witness, yeah. has brought a disrepute to the name of Adonai. Mm. So if I did that to you as a friend... Do you think if I ring again, Alida, can you recommend me to another friend of yours? What would you say? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you, what? Me? Do you just remember what you did to my name when I sent you to my good friend I've known for 30 years? Yeah. Yeah. Our contract is finished. Mm. What, what would it happen if you recommended me again while, you know, I had done such a terrible thing? It means you're not upholding your name. No. It means you don't care about you. Mm. You don't care about your name at all. Should God care about his holiness? Should he care about his righteousness? Should he care about uh, his moral perfection? And so, when people were in a position to use the name of God, and they used the name of God to bring disrepute to the name of God, they therefore committed the worst of all sins. The worst of Mm -hmm. all sins. This is why the the scripture goes and says, God will not let anybody who does that, you have basically brought dirt on God's name. Mm. Now, let me put it in this context now today, like we, we are. This is why, you know, you could see, you know, Jews could trust each other uh, in, in their dealing with contact with one another. Let's put it in our context, as you can see. Anybody who comes in the name of God and then does something that does not, is not within the bound of what God prescribes. People who went to war in the name of Jesus, in the name of God, slaughtered people in the name of God when he hadn't sent them. Mm. People who have abused, you know, people who sat under them and gave them the trust. People who have, you know, you're you're, you're somebody who is a, a minister or a priest and you've abused little children in the name of God.
2: Yeah,
1: Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, You've taken advantage of people. What you've done is Guess what? Look at the animosity there is in our culture today against the church, the gospel, and so on and so forth. People are like, you're talking about God. The no, I don't want to hear about that stuff. You know why? Because of the accumulation of the bringing of disrepute to the name of God. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus didn't send you to say, Go and take advantage of people. He didn't say, Go and steal from them. He didn't say, Go and embezzle them. He, he didn't say, Go and take advantage of you know, you know, weaker people or children or women and, and men. They, that's not what you do in the name of Jesus. No. In the name of Jesus, you bring salvation. In the name of Jesus, you heal the sick. In the name of Jesus, you do good. That's what you do. You bring the kingdom. Yes. And this is why anyone who did something in the name of Adonai, that Adonai, that brings his repute to the name of Adonai, does not go guiltless.
0: No. No. Well, we'll uh, we'll wrap this up <laughs> in a few minutes. He is uh out of the dust with all that I'm made for.
3: Life is more than simply chasing after things I think I need. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not
2: about
3: me. for what will make me be okay. There's only one thing, there's only one thing, there's only
0: listening to 105.1 life fm goes positive choice and we're on the run to the finish samuel and uh, it's it's yeah it's really um created a a better level of understanding yes. and and even the part where it says you know will not hold god will not hold you guiltless who misuse his name like within the context of what you were saying and uh, that is a lot of uh, one of the big reasons why a lot of people have um, turned away from the church because yep. w- what happened with with the priests and and, yep. and with what happened within the Catholic Church but yep. not just it's it's happened it's throughout happened everywhere yes everywhere yes. Um, uh, you know they do cite the the wars and things but but yep. really in the present day because yes. it's been all over the media mm. it's been all that stuff about the abuse of children and that's right. the, the things that have happened within the church that's right and because inherently people, believe that someone who's representing the church and God yep. is a good person. And when they do this, it, it, it really is a wound that goes so deep It is that it doesn't matter how old you are. Yep. Um, it's something that a lot of people can't get
1: over. That's right. Because you see, and it's justifiably so, when I come to you in the name of Jesus, yeah, especially when... You know, there's, there's been a big shift um, uh, in what the, the church overall, you know, from the, you know, the, uh, by Catholic, I mean, or, you know, universal church. Yes. And then the Roman Catholic Church. Mm. And then the Protestant movement that came from it. And then, the, you know, the rest of the you know, independent charismatic Pentecostal churches. Uh, the shift that happened was seeing those who stand in the pulpit, I mean, those who stand up for presenting themselves as though they were Jesus Himself. Mm. Instead of I am coming in his name, I am one of you, and it can it may happen, and what it does, it does. It seems, sin, sin, sin. It may happen that I, I mess up, but do not mistake my behavior with Christ. Mm. It hasn't been like that. No. Because now we've got holy men. You know, the, all the holy men, including you know, the head of the church, Zach, is the infallible holy men. Right? And so if he did something that was absolutely against Scripture, now they have to be associated with what Jesus taught. You can't imagine many conversations I've had with people when I say, okay, do you think the thing that they did is what Jesus taught? Many people go, oh, well, oh, well Jesus didn't teach that. But the wound is already there but they mm-hmm. represent Jesus, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. So there will be people What an awesome what an awesome responsibility. That's why yeah. you should fear, as yeah. you said at the beginning. Oh, yeah. This this you should tremble yeah. because if you have done this yeah. then and you haven't repented of yep. it and you've gone to your grave with this yep. sin,
1: then Yep. It's amazing. Th- this is why the Jews said this is, this is the trembling commandment. Yeah. Because anytime you go and put, a, a, b, bring a disrepute uh, on or defame the name of Adonai, it is all the people's lives you've taken away. Mm. There are people today who may not want to hear the gospel just because of that. Yes, exactly. So this is why the and and not holding somebody guiltless is it is it is serious. I don't I will not hold anybody guiltless who does something so horrific in his name. No. So right. horrific in yeah. his name. Yeah. See, the 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 use of the name was so common in in the Hebrew tradition that if you go to Hebrews chapter 6 and if you read verse 13 the Bible says, when God made his promise to Abraham, so on every promise they will sort of swear in the name of Adonai, right? Yeah. So that to know that the promise is established, I'm not gonna negate this, I'm not gonna go backward. This is done once Adonai's name is evoked. When God made his promise to Abraham, since he could not, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, guess what? He saw by himself, saying, He will surely bless I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so, after waiting patiently, Abram received what was promised. See, men swear by someone greater than themselves. Yeah. The Jews always swore by Adonai. And the oath confirms what he said, put an end to all argument. Mm. Okay? And so, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the ear of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. On his name. On his name, like, yep. I put my reputation, my character, my your everything that I am, I put it on the line, I will do this. Yes. So whenever you go and make something in the name of Jesus, you put everything that Jesus represents on the line, and yet you go and do what Jesus said you shouldn't do. Yes. Yes. That is serious business. Yeah, it is. Are you mm. getting what I'm saying? Yeah. So that, that, that's one side. I, I had one more side of this commandment, the other way it's looked at uh, within a rabbinical tradition uh, that I don't know if we've got uh, time to sort of go there. But I'm not going to open a new can. Uh, we are got to just simply, because there's another side of this, which is, it's it's like the two sides of the same coin. But let's sort of uh, you know, cl- close this one. that is from here. I want to say that this commandment was a prescription to those who know the name of the law. You're a believer today, you have given your life to Christ, you serve in a church, you do look after people in the name of Jesus. Watch out that whatever you do must be a true representation of the one whose name you bear, whose name you carry. Don't carry that name in vain. And you've heard me say often the thing that we can do for each other is always to be godly. The Bible, Apostle Paul said to Timothy practice being godly to everyone. In other words let the character of God come through every transaction you do with anybody. This is not only just in your church but in like many people who say well you know Christians you know I see them look at what they do. You know why would I become one of them? Mm. Right? Yes. It's because whether you like it or not, wherever you put your foot, whatever you do, you will be representing the name of the one in whose name. You've already said, a Christian. what does Christian mean? It means yeah. like Christ.
2: Yeah.
1: That's what Christian means. Yeah. It means like Christ. Mm. So if you like, Christ, you know, you hear Pentecostals, we're good at this. You know, if I live, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Mm-hmm. Well, does He live in you? Morally, does He live in you? In your is your words always seasoned with salt? Is your attitude being one of grace? Is do you represent Christ really well? Yes. Now this might be, but I don't do this real well. Okay. Well, let me now put put, uh, put a pause and say, this misrepresentation is when it is deliberate. Mm. If it's like, oh, you stumble and you make the mistake, you can say to the person, hey, you know what, I'm a human being, I'm a Christian, but I'm stumbling and I'm I'm into this genuine faith like you, that's exactly right. So let's all look unto Jesus, yeah. and so you can repent. You can recognize that you've made the wrong. But the person who deliberately and cunningly goes to use the name of God and uses it in vain—that is the person. So that I don't want people to have condemnation in their head. Oh, well, do you mean that I can't, you know, slipper? No, if you do, the Bible says, First John chapter two, verse one and two, that we have the mediator. Yes, we do. But otherwise, anybody who intentionally carries the name of God purposelessly to bring disrepute to the name of God will not go unpunished.
0: And that's where we will finish for today. Thank you very much, Samuel. We're uh, going on a terrific journey through the Ten Commandments and we will do that again next week. So if you want to uh, join us, uh, you can join us again next week. And um, if you want to catch up with uh, us with some any questions, please go to our website, areasonablechristianity.com.au. Dot com. Oh, just dot com. Um, or you can go to Samuel Cisicchetti's Facebook page. We will, we will chat again next week. Com. Um, or you can go to Samuel Cisicchetti's Facebook page. We will, we will chat again next week.